I'm going to talk to you from three stories that are mentioned in your Bible. You'll find that text uh, for your reading at some point in Luke chapter 15. It's a very famous uh, chapter. Probably the most famous story of all uh, is the third portion of the story, which historically has been called the prodigal son. The Bible does not call him that. But um, he is the prodigal that leaves home, takes all of his belongings, takes all of his inheritance, everything that's his, and he leaves. The Bible said that he wasted it with riotous living. He joined himself to a citizen of a far country, and he wasted his substance on riotous living. Now, in fast forward, if you've ever heard the story, you know that the boy eventually comes to himself. He's in a pig pen. He comes to himself. And the Bible said that he made his way back towards his father's house. And uh, this whole Christmas season, as I was thinking about what we need to do to make this Sunday work and how, you know, what do you do for Christmas Eve Sunday there was something that just kept echoing over and over and over and over in my mind and in my heart. And I would pray about this service and I would pray about the text and I would pray about what are we going to do. And this is what I kept feeling. It's one of my favorite, favorite Christmas songs. And it was written during the war when all of the soldiers wanted to be home. And the song was written that said, I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams. But I've come on this Sunday morning to tell you, you can come home for Christmas, but it don't have to be in your dreams. Your dream can be a reality today. On this Christmas Eve Sunday morning, I have come to make a declaration, I'll be home for Christmas. I'll be home for Christmas. The story is told as the publicans and sinners drew near to him, the Pharisees, the scribes murmured, and he began to share the story. He said, what one of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine which is in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it. This is how Jesus begins this parable. He said, if any of you have a hundred sheep, it don't matter how many you have, you are broken when one of them leaves. Now what he's really exposing and revealing in this chapter is what I believe to be the heart of God. That it doesn't matter how many people are seated in this Sunday morning service and how many have been seated here all year and how many attendance records have been broken. As long as there is one lamb that is lost, he's still reaching. As long as there is one who has wandered away from the fold, he's still reaching. I'm here to tell you today, this may be the first time you've been to the house of the Lord all year. Some of you may have came for Easter it's funny because on Easter every year you hear us preach on the resurrection and at Christmas you hear us preach on his first coming. 
But I've come to preach to you today while I've got you as a captive audience on this Christmas service. I want to tell you, he's still looking for you. He still wants you. He still longs for intimacy with you. He still wants you to be in his fold. He still wants you to be in his house. I'm here to tell you today, you may have wandered a long way off, but you're not so far that mercy cannot find you today. You are not so far that his hand is not reaching for you. He said in verse 7, he said, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven. Not over the block party, but over one sinner. Somebody say one sinner. Over one sinner that repented. More than the 90 and 9 just persons which need no repentance. This immediately starts building the spirit in people of concern. Well, why would he care more about the one that truly messed up than the one that stayed? He said he cared more about the one that left than the ones that don't need repentance. Now, let me make this crystal clear. He said over 99 that don't need to repent. So it leads us to the next story about the coin that's lost in the house. Just because you look like you don't need to repent don't mean he was talking about you. Come on, somebody. Because it's possible for people to look at you and think you don't need to repent. I mean, look at how perfect they are. They got it all together. They got it all right. Look, can I just welcome y'all to a club this morning? I want to welcome you to the club of imperfection because you're seated among people today that may look like they've got it all together. But let me tell you one common thread that runs through every single one of our lives. It's not where we were born, how we were born, who our parents were. It doesn't matter if we were born rich, born poor, if we're tall, short, skinny, or anything else. Man, I don't need to get shot on Sunday morning. This is one common thread that runs through this entire congregation this morning. Had it not been for the mercy of God, we wouldn't be here today. Thank God that he reached for us when we needed him. Thank God when we couldn't come to where he was, he came to us. And so, verse 80 picks up and he says, now... Either what woman having 10 pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, does not light a candle, sweep the house, seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together saying, rejoice with me. I found the piece that I had lost. Now, I understand this is just a coin, but let me just say this to you. I feel like there's a principle in this story that we need to understand that it's more than just a coin. It's a principle. That sometimes you can wander off like a lamb and be lost in the wilderness. But sometimes you can be lost in the house. Sometimes we sit through Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. We dress the part and we look the part and we smile the part and we shake hands and we're friendly and we're kind to people and when they say, how are you doing? We smile so big, both ears are wet. And we're like, oh, I'm amazing. <laughs> Life is great. I always like giving that answer when it's been a rough day. When they say, how are you doing? I say, isn't God good? 
and we smile, we get it all together. We're professionals at it. High five, fist bump. It's all good, man. I'm doing great. But when we leave that meeting, we go spend time by ourselves alone. I don't need anybody raising hands in here to know this morning that there have been some tears cried into a pillow this week. There have been people this week seated in this room right now. I know everybody's happy this morning. It's Christmas. But there have been tears that have been cried into pillows this week. Are you hearing me? There are people in here today that have lost family, lost children, lost spouses, people that have wept and cried this week. Just this week, you have laid your head down on a pillow at night and said, God, I don't know how in the world you're ever going to do it. But listen, I'm not here to hype you up. It's Christmas. You're already hyped up. I don't need to hype your kids up. They've had enough sugar already and Christmas hadn't even started. Everybody in here, this is the one time a year you eat sugar like your kids do all year. I've got platter after platter and candy after candy. And I reached down, got another one of Mindy's Buckeyes the other night. I said, God, please just forgive me because I'm going in again. But help, help, let me help somebody in here this morning. Let me help somebody in here this morning. There are people that when they walk out of our presence, they are broken. And they feel like they're lost in the house. Can't find themselves. Can't find joy. Can't find peace. But I have good tidings of great joy. It don't matter if you're lost in the wilderness or you're lost in the house. You can be found. I don't know what you came expecting on this Sunday morning, but I've come to tell you today that if you've lost your joy, your joy can be found in the house today. I don't know what you came expecting on this Christmas Eve service, but I want to tell you if you feel like somehow in 2023 you've lost the victory in your life, I want to tell you there's victory in the house this morning. You may feel like you've lost everything, but I want to tell you, he's still by your side. He's still reaching for you. He's still loving you. And then Jesus jumps off. He jumps off in this story. And it would only take me about six months to preach everything that I love about this story. So let me just condense it today to about 10 minutes. He jumps off into this story. And the thing that I love about this chapter and that I hate about this chapter is that I see all of you in this chapter and I see me in this chapter. It is so frustrating when you look at this story, you get the picture of this young man who has everything he could ever need. Everything. Like He literally has need of nothing, but he chooses to leave. As a pastor, I start screaming in the beginning of this scripture when he comes. Look, it doesn't take a rocket scientist for them to know. You don't have to leave the house. You've got everything you need right here. And I'm screaming, saying, hey, 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 please don't do this. Don't make this decision. 
Yeah, we've read the end of the story, and we know that he's got a testimony. But I want to tell you something that's sad today. I'm not here to make you feel down and out and confused and lost and broken and all that. But I just want to tell you something. We rejoice in this story because this boy came home. But I can't tell you how many people I've seen in the 25 years of pastoral ministry that God has blessed me with that never made it out of the pig pen. We rejoice. This is the highlight reel. This is the one that came back. But I can't tell you how many I have seen that were lost at sea and they never found their way back to shore. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? They felt like there was something outside. They felt like somewhere there had to be greener grass than there is in the house of the Lord. They felt like somewhere it had to be better than it is in my father's house. I don't like all of his rules. I don't like all of his restrictions. I don't like him telling me when I got to be home. I don't like him telling me when I can leave. I don't like having to run everything I do through him. Son, what you're going to find out when you get to the pig pen is that all of that was there, not for your discomfort. It was there for your protection. It's a sad state. It's a sad state. When we see this boy in a pig pen, now you have to understand the context of this because Jesus Christ was a Jewish man. He was a Jewish rabbi. He believed in Jewish teachings. And so everything that he talked about had some kind of a Jewish perception to it. So if you understand the Jewishness of Christ, you understand as he tells this story that there's probably no place while alive that this boy could have been that was any more disgusting than a pig pen. Right? So he's telling this story, and it's like, forgive my terrible English, but it's the epitome of grossness to him. Like, ugh. In other words, it don't get any worse. In a place of disgust, in a place of brokenness. Now, I get the whole concept. The sad part about where this boy is, listen now, he's feeding swine, feeding pigs. Are you with me? But his diet says he can't eat that. So he's investing in something, feeding something that will never feed him in return. He's investing in something that can never invest in him. I'm standing on the wall to tell somebody today. Maybe they're watching online. Maybe you're sitting in this room. You're investing in something that is never going to invest in you. Never, never, never going to happen. Never going to be a benefit. But hang on. Before you start hanging on the pig pen. I want to tell you something that's so powerful. Yeah, it's a gross place, dark place, disgusting place. Invest in something, can't invest in you. But I'm going to tell you what I love, 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 love about this story is it's in the worst place he's ever been that he has the most powerful moment he's ever had. Here he is in the pig pen, and the Bible said he came to himself. Now, lambs, they can't come to themselves. Coins, they don't come to themselves. But we do. And the number one step to 
to coming home for Christmas is coming to yourself. If you want to come home, you've got to come to yourself. And you've got to have that moment. I don't care how gross your pig pen is today. I don't care how dark your pig pen is today. Let me help you understand something. You can come out of this thing. Yeah, but I've wasted so much time now. Surely God's done me. There's no way I could. Look, 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 look. When John saw the number in Revelation, you with me? That could not be numbered. He said it's a number that can't be numbered. It's 10,000 times 10,000. Thousands of people. He said they overcame the accuser of the brethren by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Now we got some brothers in here today whose testimony is I never left the house. Thank God for it. Stay home for Christmas. And we got other brothers that have left the house and their lives are a mess and they're in a pig pen. Come home for Christmas. But I don't care if your testimony is that you never left or your testimony is that you had to find your way back. All I know is John saw both of us there. He says somebody is going to testify that they made it. It doesn't distinguish whether they never left or if they had to come back. But it does say they overcame. They overcame by their testimony. I don't care how far you've gone. I don't care how far you've ran. You can overcome this morning. I want you to come home for Christmas. If music would come this morning, I want to tell you that I've come on this Sunday to present a case before you. And if I could borrow another Christmas carol to present it, I'll do that. There's no place like home for the holidays. Because no matter how far away you roam, if you want to be happy in a million ways, somebody help me, for the holidays, you can't beat home, sweet home. I don't care how far you've roamed. I want to tell you in 2024, it's time to come home. It is home right now, Christmas 23. I'm making up in my mind. I may have missed the whole year in 2023, but I'm coming home for Christmas. And 2024 is going to look different because there's no place like home. There's no place like home.